Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby, and Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. when you come back on. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I'm glad to be here. Danny Starr is back with us, you guys. You are a, a, I mean, audience, audience favorite. Everybody loves you. Everyone loves hearing no, from you. No, girl, everybody does not. There's some hate groups out there. Don't <laughs> get it twisted. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe well, tear me up in DCUM. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That means you made it. Yeah, exactly. It Screw does. them. They're it just does. jealous. Um, it definitely does. Look, it's been two months. We're honored to have you back because a lot of things have happened that we want to get all your thoughts on. First of all, you, AJ and I were talking about this. You're the last person that we had like in our studio. The last like person we saw all three of us together before even AJ and I went to, um, you know, studios like in each other's homes. So you were the last person that was over two months ago. Yo, this has been insane. You guys were the like my last outing. We and the thing is, we didn't even hug that day. I know. Like we we were in the same space, but we were like, yeah, maybe not. We didn't hug. We didn't do like I miss y'all. We didn't even get to get love. I know we didn't even no, we didn't get to embrace it was crazy. nothing. Um and then like I don't know, Danny, was it two weeks after that that your father passed away? It was really soon after. It was right after. It was so random. Um my dad lived in Texas, in Dallas, and what's cra- get this, what's crazy about that whole situation is that the day my dad died, I 
legit thought I was dying. Like, I'm not exaggerating. My mm-hmm. whole body felt it. Like, I was like, oh, I hit Cl- best friend Clara, yep. my best friend, and I'm like, something's wrong with me. Like, do I have, I'm like, am I having an aneurysm? Like, could I be having a heart attack? Like, I literally called her sobbing uncontrollably. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, something's wrong. Are you safe? This hurts so bad that I know it has to be you. And I had no idea. Like, like, oh. I was literally like, something's going on in my body. What's happening? I thought I legit thought I was having a heart attack or a brain aneurysm. Like I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't figure it out. Jeff was like, is everything okay? I'm like, I'm dying. I don't know what the hell's going on. You're gonna have to take these kids. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, literally, then I got off the phone and maybe an hour later, my stepmom called me and told me my dad had died. And I was like, oh my God, that's what it was oh. in the middle of a pandemic, no less. Like, so then we had to drive 19 hours to Dallas. It was crazy. Well, and Danny, is that part of being an empath? Like, do you, you know, you just feel things like so deeply. God, that's going to be like, yeah. oh, but then I would hate that. Cause then like the minute, you know, that feeling's coming on, you know, something deeper is happening. Oh, and usually it happens where like, I don't feel right. So I call my siblings or I call my mom and I just check in. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Everything good. Or my mom calls me like my mom will call. It never fails. My mom and my brother, if something's going on in my life, and I haven't even mentioned it, my mom will call me and she's like, are you good? And I'll be like, well, actually, or my brother always calls. He just shows up. He knows like every right. single time. But it, the pain was so bad that I thought it had to be Claire because I had never felt pain like that. And it oh, didn't wow. even cross my mind that it was my dad. Like, I was like, something's wrong with Claire. You know, she's working in COVID. This is crazy. Let me check in with Claire. Claire was like, stop crying. I'm okay. I'm safe. She just like kept reassuring me I'm safe. And I was boo-hooing like are you sure this doesn't feel normal and she was like everything's okay so you know she was devastated the next day when I had to tell her like actually it's not okay this is what happened and we were just like mind blown by the whole situation oh I know that when we saw that post I was like oh my god you know I know you're dealing with Everything that's going on with COVID and your baby girls. And then when that happened and, and Danny, your dad was young, right? He was 54. 54. And what did, if you don't, I mean, if you don't want to tell us, you don't have to, but what did he pass away from? My dad wasn't really healthy. He was an alcoholic. And so, um, he, I, I would say that he lost his battle with alcoholism because, um, you know, he continued to drink when he wasn't supposed to, and he got, morbidly obese yep. and just unresolved trauma. You know, I think when people don't resolve their trauma and when they don't take care of themselves and they don't deal with, the, if you don't deal with your trauma, your trauma will deal with you. And I think my right. dad is a prime example of that. He, um, you know, grew up in Compton, California. He saw so much, so yeah. much gang activity, so many different things. Um, and he never really got the help that he needed. And especially in the black community and especially with black men, um, there's not really this push to go see, seek out therapists and to get therapy and to heal yourself, right? And so now I'm realizing, and I, I just said this yesterday to somebody, I said, I think I'm mourning my dad's life, not his death. Wow. Because in death, my dad is free, right? Like he's he's not, right. He his body doesn't hurt anymore. His mind isn't all this stuff. But thinking about my dad's life, that's really sad. And like oh. how he could never break through that trauma and how he died the way that he died. Um, it was really awful. And so now I think what I'm mourning is my dad's life. Because at 54, when I die, if I died now, I would have accomplished so much more than my dad did. Um, and, I, you know, it, it just it makes me sad that yeah, his that's life a lie. was the way it was. Yeah, I mm-hmm. know. And yeah. 
Wow. And it's, I think it, you get really emotional too when you think about all the gifts like you've been given and now you're breaking that, you know, any trauma for your daughters, you know, because you're so open. Oh, yeah about therapy and and but it's hard that for the generation of our parents and you know obviously your dad was younger than my parents but you know they just I don't know there was such a stigma about therapy none of them went I'm over here breaking these generational curses my babies know like oh what what what'd you say oh you gonna check in with Beth that's our family therapist she go what's that you said oh no no <laughs> yeah so um, I, I it's been it's been crazy I really miss my dad yeah um Grief is a trip. It comes in waves. There are moments where I'm like, okay, I got this. And then there are moments I can't get out of bed just because it hits you, right? Like you'll be completely normal. And then all of a sudden you're like, my dad is dead. Like it literally is like that. Like just this moment of like, ooh, my dad's not here. And I, it's not like we spoke every day. We, we, my dad and I had rebuilt a relationship. We spoke weekly and, um, it was good. You know, like we, I really had created some safe boundaries. I like made sure, and he was so funny and so just ridiculous. My dad was a lovable asshole, like for real, like he was just the best and I miss him something fierce, but, um, every, when I've, you know, me, I've been through some shit, right? So everything that has happened to me, I believe has actually happened for me. And like, that's really ha hard to say, like with your, with when you lose a baby or when you lose a parent, right? But I'm gonna give my dad all the credit for me becoming the best version of myself because his death is going to push me to be even better. And I'm just gonna hang on to that, you know? Cause I can't, like, what can you do? <laughs> I gotta I hang on to something and, and make something positive out of it because my dad died and it's awful and there's nothing you can say. And so I just have to keep being great. <laughs> like I just have to try to find greatness, you know? Keep going. Right. How yeah. was the funeral with all your siblings? I know obviously it wasn't the funeral you may have all wanted, but I know you guys were wearing masks. You drove 16 hours and you couldn't really 19, hug your siblings, girl, don't, right? Don't, 19. 19 hours. We're not shaving off yes. those three hours. That was well, and to be clear, let me, let me give some credit. Let me give some credit to Jeff because I drove no hours, actually. Jeff drove 19 wow. hours. Wow. Um, he was, and he has a bad back, so he was incredible. He, he wanted me to be able to grieve and not have to focus on the road. And it was insane and really eerie because there were literally National Guard trucks blocking places. Like Louisiana was like, oh no, no, y'all not coming here. <laughs> like they oh, just wow. keep on going. I was like, damn, we can't even come to, okay. So we kept on going. Um, the My dad had so many damn kids that uh, his funeral was, I'm serious. His funeral was literally us and the two women who loved him most, my mom and my stepmom and the six of us kids wow. that was it because we could only have 10 <laughs> so we were like okay it was just it was weird you know I think he deserves something so much bigger and better but when all this passes well I'll go home to Minnesota and we'll we'll really celebrate for my dad but it was um just weird and it's hard to really mourn and grieve and show up for people when you have masks and gloves on and you can't really touch the way you want to and it was it was weird as hell but yeah. um I'm just happy that all my siblings were there. And we have we have this sibling group chat now. We've been checking in weekly. Like it's it's been that's really beautiful, gift. actually. That's yeah, that's it a was big a gift. gift, yeah. And it's such mm -hmm. a gift because I do remember when you were doing Empathy and Eyebrows, you did an episode basically on your relationship, the highs and lows with your dad, of how you know you guys had gone through periods where you hadn't spoken. So that's great that you had reconciled before yeah. you know, because it'd be hard, I think, to have you know, not have been connected with him, you know, and have something happen. So, well, yeah, because I had that forgiveness piece and all my siblings didn't. So I'm seeing oh. them, some of them grapple with that, 
you know, anger and just realizing like life is too short. Stop being mad. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have everybody in your life, but you, you got to forgive sometimes because it really impacts you more than other people. Yes. Like you, that forgiveness piece is always for you. It's not for them. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Right. Um, so yeah. I'm glad I forgave him because honest to God, like now I get to sit back here and think about all the good stuff and I, I'm not sitting and harboring any anger or nothing like he was, a, he was, he was, he did the best he could. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Considering everything that he saw, which is just unimaginable, mm-hmm. I'm sure for any of us to even <clears throat> fathom what he grew up with, you know? Right. So exactly. You guys have now, you're also still teaching. Uh, yeah. You made that announcement. So you told us about your career change the last time you were on the show, the show, you're a wonderful teacher, DC public schools. How is that going? You have to teach every day, right? Yo, I have to not only teach my my students, I have to teach my kids. And I have to be honest with you, distance learning is difficult. I am more exhausted teaching from at home than I ever was in a classroom because you get all your energy from your students. So when you're not seeing them and you're not, you know, like interacting with them like that, you're not, you're not feeding off that energy the way you used to. Also, like I never wanted to homeschool my own children. Okay. Never. (laughs) Homeschooling my own children was not something I ever wanted to do ever and come get them <laughs> no we'll leave them with you no we're, we're like no it we're, is so so i'm like it's got to be so I'm like, difficult do you know, i'll be live in a class live in a class talking <laughs> no. in the middle of teaching a yeah. whole lesson we're reading books they're breaking down stuff phonetically i'm like yes 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 ma I'm like, I know you see my lips moving in this student on this Zoom call. What is wrong with you? Like, it's really difficult to manage. Um, I can't believe we've been doing this for months. I miss my students so much. I miss those babies. And, you know, like, and and just because it, it would be a disservice not to talk about, like, inequity, like, some of our students can't learn anything because they don't have access to Wi-Fi. Some of our students can't learn anything because of their parents are still working, you yeah. know, because they have to, because when you don't work, the family doesn't eat. So it's like, we're dealing with a whole different set of issues. And I saw somewhere it says, if you're grading papers or you're grading anything right now, you're grading privilege. And I was like, ain't that the damn truth? Wow. Because our students don't have the same access to everything. They don't have the same access to meals. Sometimes our kids aren't eating unless they're in school. So I just like, I hope, I hope when this all passes, people understand how underpaid teachers are. You know, everyone is realizing that I've heard so many people say that y'all better stop saying it. If you ain't going to slide into my cash app, Danny star. Yes, plug that, Drop the plug name. that, because we're going to talk about your babies. You still have big medical bills. Um, oh, my God. Danny, is there anything that people can do before we kind of get into your personal life? Is there anything, is D.C. Public Schools, I'm imagining they're still being open so parents can pick up meals. Yes, um, the food The food thing has been really great. Our schools have really shown up for our families. We also are doing, uh, my school in particular, has just been sending checks to families who are in oh, need. wow, that's It's huge. been fantastic. They're finding money. I don't know where they're getting it from, and I don't care, but as long as these families are getting um, some type of resources, you know, to, to eat. Some of our kids are homeless. Like, I know. You know, like, can you imagine being homeless in a pandemic? No. Can you imagine homeless no. anytime? No. But during a pandemic, like, nothing is safe. There's all these things, and so... Um, and the babies yeah. you work with are 10 years old to think about, you know, kids mm-hmm. that are 10 years old and homeless or have to think about where their next meal is coming from is heartbreaking. It's, it's awful. 
it's absolutely, I mean, I give you so much credit, like all the things that you go through personally, and then you show up for them. And I know that they help you too, but it's like, man, they rely on you so much. Like they have been the sweetest thing. Like never in my life could I have imagined. So this is my fix, Sarah. I come on your podcast because it's my media fix. Like it gives me a little, <laughs> I know. it reminds me of my olden days. We're always right? trying to but lure you back. We're like, what are you going to do? I see that. <laughs> but it reminds me of what I love about media, but then I get to take my ass back to the classroom. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I love it there. I'm, I'm fulfilled in a way that I've never been fulfilled. Yes, I'm good at this kind of stuff. and But I use these same talents in my classroom. Imagine having me for a teacher. Do you know how fun I am? <laughs> You're in class. <laughs> oh my God, your class. I'm a mess. Like, I love them. I'm so excited all the time. I want to teach them all the things. I want to give them life lessons and academics. You know, like, yes. it's, it's a mixture. And so um, it's exactly where I'm supposed to be. And eventually, hopefully, you know, they'll realize teachers need to be paid more and we will. (laughs) Please, please. I mean, yeah, what you are doing is just unbelievable. You and then all the health workers that are out there putting their lives on the line. But I mean, the teachers are saviors because like you said, I mean, for a lot of those kids, they're probably at home with their laptop while the parents leave them, you know, nine, Mm -hmm. 10 years old. And the only probably guidance they have every day is logging on to you to having, you know, your voice and giving them help. So yeah, what you're doing is a lot. How are you taking care of yourself personally through all this, Danny? You got a lot. Girl, I'm drinking. I've been drinking. (laughs) I've been drinking. (laughs) Listen, my dad died. There's been some self-medicating going on. That's the truth. Like my dad died. We're in a pandemic. No, um, I was self-medicating a little bit with some, with the wine, the Riesling was getting me. And then I realized like, okay, this doesn't really feel that great. You know? Um, so I limited myself, but I have been working out. I have been boxing virtually. Of course I stay safe around these parts. I've been walking miles and miles every single day. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to eat a little bit better. I'm just trying to take care of myself. You know, I'm reading like crazy, growing my brain. Just, Uh I'm just trying look, I'm just trying to be the best version of me. I told you, like, my dad can't die in vain, right? So now I'm just blaming all my goodness on my dad. So I'm like, okay, read a book, because then you can just give it to your dad. Like, you thanks, seem, dad. Well, you seem stronger than ever, I got to say. Like, just your voice, your presence. You seem like you're really, like, I know you've been through some really hard shit through this, but then it seems like quarantine, you've really taken advantage of it to just grow I've had yourself. to. I've had to, because either I'm going to be stuck in the house miserable or bored in the house and I'm in the house bored, right? Bored no. in the house and I'm in the house, house bored. In the house bored. Or I'm be in the house educating myself working on because like here's the thing my spirit is dope period I don't care what nobody says like if you can't say that about (laughs) yourself you gotta do some inner work my spirit is dope it is on fleek it is on 100 whatever the kids what are the kids saying I don't know they're probably saying they're probably saying like low key high key I don't know what the hell they're saying but my spirit is low key high key dope okay so (laughs) I just think that because I feel good in my like in here I want the rest of it to match right Wow. Like I want my physical to match how good I feel on the inside right now. And I feel really good, you know, which is crazy because I've had so much bullshit happen. But, you know, your your trauma transforms you. So it has. And I'm excited and I feel good. And I'm out here trying to change the world. I'm going to get my doctorate, girl. Are you? Uh, we know you are. Yes. We know you I'm are. I'm going to get my doctorate. I, in the middle of a pandemic, this my dad dies. My baby is sick, has to have another surgery. This is I go from being a my first year teaching. I go from being an in classroom teacher to a online teacher dealing with craziness. And I got straight A's at Johns Hopkins University. Your girl is going to get a doctorate. Oh, my 
insane. We can't First wait. First year of grad school down, Sarah. Oh my God, you are amazing. Incredible. Honestly, when this show is like a fabulous talk show on Fox, and we'll be having you back on as Dr. Danny Starr. I mean, we cannot yes, wait. I know. Yeah. We will be. I mean, we'll Can you imagine? Be They're going to be like, hold on, that bitch was on Bridesill, and now she a whole doctor. <laughs> That's right. That's well, right. Don't worry. Right after your segment, I'm sure we'll introduce some trashy person. We just had this guy who's having a complete cyber sex affair on on Friday. So you know, we'll probably have him, and then we'll have Dr. Danny Star on. You know, I'm but... not even mad at him. Look, it's a whole pandemic. Like, go ahead, play it. Wait, play tell us how the quarantine sex is. Is it going? Because it's very hard. You know, I'm staying with my mom. It's hard to have hot quarantine sex with Schman. Uh, is it? when you're staying with your in-laws well yeah because my whole family like all basically sleeps like one floor just be quiet oh i know but quiet sex is so boring it is it's this is so true. boring no we um we've always had a really good sex life so like we just <laughs> just keep we're just keeping at it same old same old <laughs> around these parts we know same routine <laughs> And Jeff, oh my God, Jeff has a magic dick. I mean, you know, he has got that Would you huge leave his, I cannot. Remember when she blew it up in a picture and like circled <laughs> yep. it? And I was okay. just like, yeah. okay. oh my God, that was yeah. the best Instagram picture you ever put out. Oh my God, we could I see it all. You. It was amazing. All right, tell us how Della is. The last time you came on, no, the, the surgery, the, this is the surgery you were talking about, right? That's coming up that she hasn't had yet. There's been so many, Sarah. I don't even know if it's the same one. There, We've okay. had so, there, there have been multiple. So when the quarantine first no before the quarantine happened before they you know they did all the stay-at-home orders and everything i got a phone call from the doctor and they were like she needs to be out of school now i was teaching at the time i was in i think there was like an hour left of school and they were like no it's now and i was like wait a minute like i'm and they're like i was like so like go get her like don't let her go back to school tomorrow and they were like no you can go get her now and i was like oh so they wow. must have really realized what was happening so prior to them doing the stay-at-home order they had already ordered me to take her out of school so i took her out of school um, and she was quarantined before people even started to actually be quarantined. Yep. Well, she was scheduled for a couple procedures. They had to push those out because it was more dangerous for her to go into the hospital with her compromised immune system, with COVID and everything happening, than to have the surgery. So they rescheduled, and then they had to reschedule again. And now we're up for May 29th. Um, and so, and her diagnosis changed, too. She went from having eosinophilic eosophagitis which is basically some crazy fancy term for um you have these crazy allergens in your throat which can kill you at any time pretty much mm. right and there's like one in ten thousand kids get that so it's very rare what she actually has which they've re-diagnosed is eosinophilic gastroenteritis which is like even crazier the statistics of that is like it's like one in like fifty thousand or something so it doesn't even make sense it's crazy but unfortunately wow. it impacts everything and she's so little she's a failure to thrive um just her her spirit god bless her she's amazing she's a fighter she's the funniest little person ever um and she she's super tough what's really hard for me now is that she's starting to realize um how different she is and before it never mattered she just was like right. she got and now it'll, she'll be like well why can't i eat that or why can't i go do this or why and i'm just like oh and that's the part that as a parent that breaks my heart because it's like hey kid everybody's eating pizza and you can't have this you're gonna eat you know this and she's been so good about it but she started you know she cried recently about like not being able to eat anything and being sick all the time and i was like i'm so sorry like what do you do with that yeah so, 
Oh, that's got to be hard. Yes. When they grow up starting to realize. And it's not going to go away. Like a lot of people grow out of their allergies and things like this. This is a chronic illness that will follow her her entire life. Um, it will impact her her entire life. And we and it's so new that nobody really fully knows how to treat it the right way. So we're just, it's a lot of trial and error and trial and error costs a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of money. I know. know I want you to promote your cash app, too. Where can people, because people have been donating, and and thank God they have, and we're telling people, like, please, like, give Danny money, like, because these surgeries. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. First of all, can I just say something? Side note. (laughs) Side note. If you have kids and you can, because I understand it's a privilege to have life insurance. I really do. So I'm going to state that I'm going to name that I know it's a privilege to have life insurance. But I'm also going to say that if you have kids and you die, your kids want to grieve you without having that financial burden. I had to pay $4,000, okay? For out your of, dad. I, I had to pay for my dad because he what did not have- the, other... the siblings? Say it again? Huh? The siblings, they, they help at all? They are gonna have to pay, like I had, they had, we, we got down there and it was insane. It was like, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. It was a lot, but I had to come off $4,000. I had to come off $4,000 and I was like, what was I supposed to do? It's my dad, you know? So I was like, okay, but was I, like, I was so mad. I'm like, not only am I burying my dad, I'm paying $4,000. Like, obviously I'm going to do it because it's my dad. But I had said for five years, listen, if you're not going to take care of yourself, the least you could do is get some damn life insurance because now I'm $4,000 down. My baby needs that $4,000. And I that money was like, I had to do something strange for a little bit of change to get that $4,000. <laughs> right. I don't just, I'm a teacher. I don't have $4,000 just laying around, you know? So no, thank that- God for book sales and things like that because my dad would not have been buried. My baby would not have her surgeries. Like th- what I'm doing in my life teaching is everything that I've ever wanted to do, but the compensation, it, ju- it just doesn't match in the fulfillment. And so, you know, I didn't know I was going to have this chronically sick baby. I could have never imagined my dad was going to die in the middle of a pandemic. And now it's just like, what people don't understand with chronic illnesses, it's not even just like all the medical bills. It's you're putting so much money towards the medical bills. Sometimes your ass can't afford groceries. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think people understand that like the living expenses, you know, and then, you're paying, you're like, okay, I have to come up with $2,000 to hit this so that she can have this surgery. And then I got to do this. And then I got to pay all these other things. Not to mention she eats very specific food. So like I have to go to four different grocery stores. I have to order different food. Sometimes it's not even just the medical bills. Sometimes it's just living. That's so expensive because (sighs) it's crazy. Danny, so. that is that is a lot. And I love what you said about life insurance. Oh, my God. It's so important because we all put it off and put it off. But it's like, my yeah, God, get life insurance. Please. Like, get it. Yeah. You don't want to die and have your like, especially if you're a parent. Like when I die, I want my kids to be able to grieve. I want them right. dressed in black mourning my wonderfulness. OK, I don't <laughs> want them having to deal with, you know, trying to start GoFundMes and this and that to bury me. Like, no, you are, my death will be handled. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you got to do that because it's just awful to have to mourn and be financially strapped at the same time. Oh. It really is. It, it was awful. Um, Danny, what are they expecting? What are they hoping to get from this surgery in May, end of May? So they're going to go in. We've, we're in the middle of a flare-up. It died down a tiny bit, but flare-ups are awful. Um, what happens during a flare-up is Della starts to vomit in her sleep. 
So le legitimately will wake up throwing up, like just everywhere. Um, and that's so dangerous because, you know, she could aspirate and die. And so wow. I have spent countless nights sleeping next to my baby sideways to make sure like if she throw happens to throw up, she throws up in a bucket and she doesn't die, you know? And so right. um, we have had a flare up of the vomiting at night. Um, every, imagine every time you ate something, your stomach hurt like oh. awfully. There was, I think it was a week ago, she ate, she was doubled over in pain. Like it was so, it was awful, oh but it was God. sweet. Her sister like was like walking with her. She looked like a little old decrepit woman. She was like, she couldn't move and she just got in bed and she just cried because it hurt so bad. You know, the pain was awful. Um, so they're going to go in and they're going to look for, they're going to biopsy everything again, her esophagus, her colon, her intestines, her stomach, everything to see how much the inflammation, how much inflammation there is. And like what that, um, what, if anything they can do, because the goal is to try, if we minimize the inflammation, hopefully some of the symptoms will die down. The problem is, like I said, it's such a rare disease and people don't really have the answers. They don't know how to treat it. Yeah, they're experimenting, you know, they're, they're trying to figure That's out. That's exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And, and her doctor is so wonderful because he cares so much. Um, and he's the one who actually figured out she had the wrong diagnosis. And he was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why are these eosinophils in her colon if she has eosinophilic esophagitis? He's like, this doesn't make sense. And so he was the one who pushed. And the moment he figured it out, we start looking at what the symptoms for, you know, the gastroenteritis opposed to the other one. Um, and it was like, oh, my God, this is exactly what she has. Wow. This is it. Wow. So. Wow. You, yes. you know, I mean, God, we're all praying for you. And, Thank you know, you. anything that people can do. So your book is for sale. Where can people yes. buy your book or where can they cash up you to help you with this? Okay. So my book, if you go to uh, Divorcing Danny on Instagram, it's literally spelled like that, Divorcing Danny, D-A-N-N-I. You can buy my book from the link in my bio. Itasca Books gives me the most money. Amazon be taking money. But if you have to buy it from Amazon, go ahead. It's fine. Um, Jeff Bezos don't need no more money, though. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so, right. So you can get it from my Tasco, which is a link in there. My cash app is um, Danny Star, D-A-N-N-I-S-T-A-R-R. Venmo, PayPal is all the same. It's all in my um, Instagram bio. But yeah, my book, I, because of how I did my book, like all the like the money comes to me. Like I paid for my book flat out because I wanted to own all everything. I wanted to own what I produced. Yep. And so nobody like right, like editors and publishers don't get cuts from my book. So. It all helps. Every single little bit of it helps. And what what we did last time when I was on with you guys was so amazing. It really it allowed me to um, pay down some of that debt. It allowed me to have another diff a different procedure for her. It allowed a lot of different things. So um, I'm so grateful for for you guys for real because. This has been like, this has been crazy. It's yes. been crazy. Oh my God, girl, everything that you are going through and then to just have your attitude and strength and now you want to become a doctor and we know you're going to do it. I mean, shit, like the world is yours because you just keep fighting. And I mean, it, the rewards are just going to get better and better. And it, it's so amazing to see you just shine and grow. And I, I love that we've all been friends all these years. It's yes. so much fun. Um, what, and, and I know, um, AJ, do I look orange? I bet not look orange. Yes, look you're orange. beginning no, you to look, look like You always Trump. have a beautiful glow about you. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, you I do. was just like, really? 
You I was gorgeous. just making sure. <laughs> A little orange tint over here. What's inspiring you right now? Are you reading anything? You're doing a meditation. You are on fire. Is there something you can share with everyone that you're that you're doing that they can practice? Yes. Okay. So lots of different things. I am one. I read a book called The Deepest Well. It's fantastic. Ooh. It's Dr. Nadine Burke Harris. Um, it's about understanding your own childhood trauma and then overcoming it. So you know when parents are like, you're grown, that ain't got nothing to do with me. You know how yep. like your mom will say that to you or your dad or somebody, like, you're like, mom, this is what's going, and they're like, you're grown, I don't care, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Actually, it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's be real here. Actually, everything that your parents did or didn't do um, has actually impacted you. And so what Dr. Nadine Burke Harris does is she walks you through your adverse childhood experiences. There's actually an ACE score. You guys should do it. Um, An ACE score test. And you figure out how many ACEs you have and what that does. So get this. The higher your ACE score. I call him the Nozempic Ben-On-Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambo, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. 
New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The worse your health is going to be as you get older if you don't combat that stuff. Um, your The suicide rate is higher. Um, just multiple different things. And so, like, it's really important to understand your adverse childhood experience score so that as you get older and you start to get sick, you recognize like, no, my body has been dealing with this for a really long time. Chronic stress will kill you. It will like, and that's what she talks about is like this chronic stress and the stress response. Um, and I'm dealing with so many kids who've come from like really high stress and oh. um, toxic stress environments. So I need to be educated on this stuff because if you can't teach trauma, if you can't teach to kids who have come from trauma, you shouldn't be teaching because right now this is trauma. What our kids are living through right now in this pandemic, the kids are not okay. Like, oh yeah, right. Next year is going to be a struggle. They are they are dealing with something. They're we are struggling. Well, it's, so these it's, little minds. Oh yeah. my god. I mean, it's their equivalent of and us too. But I mean, it's like living through the depression or like living through World War II, and your parent, your dad is gone away, and you like there's very little contact. You don't know. Wh- if he'll come back, you know, it's like the depression, like people could eat and then suddenly they couldn't eat, you know? And it's like, it's these kids are, they went from seeing their friends, their safety of food, their safety of teachers to now they're home. You know, they don't know. It's very difficult. Yeah. And everybody's home isn't safe. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. We all take that for granted. You know, we, everybody's home is not safe. So there's just so many different things. So yes, I'm reading lots of books. Um, I think that, especially right now, like, oh my God, Sarah, we have to have a conversation. This is a totally different podcast episode. But we have to, like, okay, we have to, I really think because I know you and I know the work that you do and the work that you want to do, I think we really should have a talk between um, the difference between white women and um, women who are white, because there is a difference. And I'm, I'm finding Let's like now in my life, um, there's, I'm so, so happy and so proud of the the women who are white in my life because they're doing the work. They're calling out racism. They're anti-racist. They're showing up for people of color. They're doing all these things. But then on the flip side of it, there's a lot of white women who just... Oh, let's, can we please do a podcast on this? Because I, like you, I need you to help me through this because I want to be, wait, what's the good white woman? Ally. I want to be an ally. What what what's there's white women and then there's just women that are white. You there's there's white women. White women are Karens. They're the Karens. Yes, (laughs) you know Karens. Yes, white women are women who um they they are the women who you know just they demand that you listen to them without any type of stuff. Like those are you know what I mean. They just don't recognize their privilege in any way, shape, or form. They don't care about anything but what's going on in their world. And women who are white recognize that, that yes, there is a privilege that comes with that. And I want to do better and be better for everybody. And that there is a there's a huge difference. Please help us though, because I I want to do so much there, but I am so scared of that space because I you know you can't be scared, Sarah. You can't be like and, and here's the thing. I'm asking you not to be scared and like this is some real stuff I'm asking you not to be scared because when I say things when I say things it comes across differently as a person of color it comes across differently as a black woman so I can be 
I can be rightfully mad and still talk like this and just say, hey, this is not okay. And I'm instantly going to be labeled a black woman. I'm instantly going to be labeled, oh, she's always talking about race. Every single time I talk about race on my Instagram page, every single time I lose followers. You shouldn't be following me anyway if you forgot I was black. I went from every single time. I literally, prior to a post on race, I screenshot my phone and I see how many followers I have. After my post on race, I scream like, what kind of person are you to read a race post and be like, I'm not, I'm not following her. Unfollow. My posts are never mean to people. They're always educational. They're saying like, hey, this is what's happening in the world. This is how you can help. But you can't, I, I understand it's a scary space, Sarah, but your voice is needed. And especially because you are a white person, your voice is needed way more i'm ready because i'm just they, worried about saying the wrong thing but i'm ready I, I but totally, that's okay I'm that's ready. okay because like we've been there before right <laughs> we've said the wrong things before <laughs> yes myself yes. include we have said yes. the wrong things before so i i get that right but like now's the time we don't have time Let's we do don't it. have time oh, we're all about it because i know that you uh, we would all be helping so many people by doing that really really and and that's the thing i'm not afraid to talk about it. i'm just personally afraid to say the wrong thing because um for and me, that's okay right and because one of the things like i think that i'm not is racist and i hate when people like the minute people say that to me it's like the achilles heel i'm like oh my god what did i do you know i never want to be that but well, okay and here's the truth of the matter i'm gonna mind blow you for a second okay okay good okay, okay. tell us i mean yeah are you racist intentionally no absolutely not were you raised with so much privilege where you were these things to you that you there's certain things that happen that you don't even think about yeah. yes yeah so like are you racist intentionally absolutely not but are there things in your life that probably pop up that have a racial connotation to it a hundred percent yes does that make you a bad person no i think people when they when they're so irritated with like what white privilege is or like something like that it's because they think it's a bad thing. Nobody's mad at you because you were born into it. We just want you to recognize it. Right. And we want you to fight for other people who don't get it. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, um, we all have biases. Like, I definitely. Look, sometimes I have to check myself, okay? Like, I have to be like, wait a minute. Why do you think that? Um, and my stuff a lot of times comes to, like, gender and things like that. Like, I'm like, hmm, I would date a woman or I would do this or I would do that. But, like would I date a guy who dated a guy? And I have to, I have to like challenge my own biases, right? Because yep. I'm like, why would you. I not do that? Or why, why do I feel this way? And I have to challenge myself. So like everybody is a work in pro progress. You, you don't have to get it right, but when you avoid it, you're definitely getting it wrong. Oh, that's so good. I yeah. think this would be such, we're doing this because this would be a mind blowing podcast. It, Yes. And I totally, it took me a long time to realize what white privilege was. Cause at first, and I think so many white people think it's, it equates to hard work. Like I think when people hear white privilege, they, white people think, well, I, you know, my parents didn't really have much. I had to work. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's not You're that. still white. Right. <laughs> and it took me a minute to get that association. It's, it's not that my parents didn't work hard or when I was first little, they didn't have any money that sure. That's all true. But it's the, it's the Ahmad Aubrey story, right? I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times I've walked into, even with my mother, we've walked into construction sites. We've walked up to people's homes and looked in the window that's for sale. I mean, yep. we would do that all the time and there would be no, there'd be absolutely no consequence. None. 
None. Zero. Would you be... wouldn't be followed. You wouldn't be gunned down no. by a citizen, like a citizen arrest that turned into a murder. Like you, that stuff wouldn't happen. And you know, my bro my big brother is a whole hot mess. But one of the things that he ever he said to me that stuck with me. Um, we were driving to Minnesota from DC, so it was a really long drive, and we we it was one of those conversations. I was mind blown by his thought process because I was like, damn, like look at you. And I said. Um, I don't understand how people don't get it. Like no one's saying like you're bad because this exists. We're just saying like, can you acknowledge it, right? And my brother said, and it was one of the things that I was like, I will use that for the rest of my life. He said, <laughs> white privilege because no white person has ever been pulled over by the police and thought, damn, I wish I was black right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're never going to be pulled over by never. the police and be like, damn. I." But you know how many black people get pulled over like, oh, motherfucker. Like, I just don't want to be black right now. Or I just wish I was white right now yeah. because it would be so much easier. And so I think when you think of things like that, or you think, because so often I'm, I'm like, damn, do people just not know what it is when they're like, I worked for everything that I had. Of course you did. And nobody's saying that. But guess what? Your skin still looks differently. And because of that, people treat you differently. You you're, know what I'm saying? You're, like, when you're white, you're just automatically given the benefit of the doubt. You know? It's this like, is true. I could walk into a construction site like Ahmad and it, someone would just come over and be like, oh, hey, you know, uh, is this your house? Or are you interested? They would say, no, they but, wouldn't even. They would start showing you around. Yes, They'd be exactly. like, this is where we're going to put in the windows. Exactly. We're thinking about putting a pool back here. What are your thoughts? You know, like, hey, fabulous. I'd move it over to the left. Yeah, I know. That's and that's what I think people. But that's a fascinating nugget that people unfollow you when you talk about race. Oh, I'm, it's I'm so, blown it's, by that. It's just it really makes me sad because it's like, one, I don't know how you don't know why, how I can't like I have to talk about it. You know, right, I right. have I, a platform. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I don't just call out strangers. Like I've called out my best friend, Claire, and, and we've had conversations like Claire is woke, woke, woke. She walks around wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts. She works in urban communities. She is a freedom fighter. Like she knows how to use her privilege and she does it well, but occasionally she slips up and I'm holding everybody accountable. Cause I don't have time <laughs> for that. Like when they're, when they are like, literally gunning us down for jogging. I don't have time to mess around. I have to call everybody out, whether that be my racist ass auntie who is black, who's black by the way, <laughs> but, but white passing hundred percent white passing, whether it's calling her ass out, like, did you forget <laughs> or calling out my own friends and my own family? Like I'm calling out everybody. Cause at the end of the day, I gave birth to two brown skinned little girls and I have dealt with a lot in my lifetime that I don't think they should have to deal with. Like, yeah, it is crazy that people are still dealing with this. And so like, we have to talk about it. And especially with platforms like this, Sarah, like these are the times like we can talk about all the funny stuff, all the fun and games forever. Right. But if we don't talk about this important stuff, like, are we really friends? You know what I mean? Let's do it. I am like, so ready. I'm serious. And do you know, I haven't read his message, but I actually just reached out. You remember a couple years when I went viral with the Fox story with Michael Brown, and we talked about, you know, he was the 17-year-old kid from Texas, um, you know, a black Got kid. Got into a whole bunch of colleges, Got into right? 20 colleges, yep. And it was myself and Holly Morris, who's white, and Allison Seymour. And there's a lot to the backstory, which I'll talk about. But anyway, we debated his accolades, right? And then people really called us on our 
our shit, you know? And so I like had reached out to him, but the story at the time was so crazy. And I apologized to he and his mom, but then they didn't really want to come on the show. Anyway, long story short, I just reached out to him and he said that he's willing to be on the show. Cause I'm like, I want you to come on and I want to talk about like what it's been like for me since that, what it's been like for you and just like reflect because he and his mother were so open. They were like, look, we totally accept your apology. We understand, you know, thank you for um, apologizing. And so there's just so much of a conversation there, you know, and I, there's so, there's so much. And I think that people do so much like you were not trying to be harmful, but what I think people don't realize is that you can literally unintentionally harm somebody. Yeah. And when you recognize that, like, I think a lot of times people are like, well, I didn't mean to, okay, that's fine that you didn't mean to, but you harm someone in that process. And all you got to do is take responsibility for that. I know that people are going to be ignorant. I know that people are going to say dumb stuff. When people slide into my DMs and they say dumb things to me, I don't get angry. Okay, let's talk about this because this is going to get you beat up. So I'm going to try to help you through this. You can't say right. these things. And this is why. I just don't get, I, I, I am trying so hard to educate as opposed to get angry because at the end of the day, we we really all are in this together. And like totally. they, there are... And boy, I, I need I need white voices to be louder because black voices keep getting killed. So like we got to work on this together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh my God, that's such a great message. And one last question, and then I you this is amazing. We'll have you on again as we always do. We can do this but forever. You know forever. I love being on. So why do you think? St like we just talked to EJ and I just talked about Hannah Brown from The Bachelorette. I don't know if you watched. Anyway, she's a white woman. She went on and then she was singing a baby song and used the N word, like sang through the lyrics and used the N word. Why do you Jesus. think? Why do you think that? Um, but this happens all the time with with white stars. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter how often Shane Dawson, the YouTuber, they just went back. He did several. I think Madonna did it too. Two blackface like, videos. Why do you think that? Right. Do you think it's just a publicity stunt that they do it for the the attention, good or bad, or do you think that people are ignorant? Uh, I guess at all are still okay. ignorant to this day. I do like. I legitimately don't know a person of color at all. In, like, I don't know a person of color. Now, I, let me be clear. I don't know all people of color, but I personally do not know a person of color who is okay with a white person using the N-word, okay? <laughs> I don't. I don't care where you grew up. I don't care who you're friends with. I don't care what, like, I personally don't know a person of color who's cool with a white person using the N-word, okay? So I'm going to just start with that. People, the, the, these kids um, who wind up having to come out with apology videos, like in all these little TikTok millionaires, first of all, I hate them, but all these little <laughs> TikTok millionaires who are now having we're, to come out and say sorry because a couple years ago they said some real racist stuff. You know who else did it? Justin Bieber. You know who else did it? Um, Camila Cabello. Yes. Is that how you say it? Yes. You know who else did it? Sean Mendez. Like, here's the thing. Y'all ain't just all of a sudden unracist. You got right. caught, okay? And now you have to really recognize the error of your ways. Like, stop saying the N-word. Stop being racist. Like, you have to show up for your... If you want to be a good person, it's really not that difficult. That that's, They think it's cute. Everybody wants to everybody wants to be a part of black culture, but nobody wants black culture problems. Right. Kim Kardashian wants to marry a black man and raise black babies, but her ass ain't never said black lives matter. Maybe once. Right. 
I don't know. But well, you, you are Kim Kardashian and you are Kylie Jenner and you're you y'all got more black people around you than I've ever seen. Y'all need to say something. Okay? Like that's the point. Like you don't get to you don't get to sing the baby songs, wear Black Lives Matter t-shirts, and then be quiet. You don't get to do that. You don't get to marry black men and don't say anything about black men getting gunned down by the police. You don't get to do that. Like you don't get to wear what we wear, do your hair like we wear, talk like we talk, do all this, but not go to, don't don't protest things that are, like, that doesn't make sense to me. Do you if think, you love us, love us entirely. Do you think that's what Kim is trying to do with her prison reform, or you don't think that that goes far enough? I do think that, like, I am never, ever going to knock somebody who is doing some good in the hood. I appreciate the hell out of Kim Kardashian in, in the justice reform. I really do. I think that Kim Kardashian for a very, very, very long time has um, been associated with black culture without without any of the repercussions of being black. And right. I think that she is trying. I can't speak for her, but I think she is trying and I appreciate the trying. But I think that that people in that big of a spotlight, Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, these people who literally thrive off of black culture, who steal from black culture, like... They will steal from a whole black company, post the sweatshirts online, and the black company will be like, um, that's my clothing line. Yeah. They're just stealing all the time, you know? But you don't want to put money into black pockets or you don't want to do this. So, like, you have you, you have to do better. Everybody has to do better. Like, it's 2020 and we're still talking about race. It's 2020 and yes. there's still educational inequity. All you know, right. there's still all these things. Like, well, that's crazy. Let's the three of us take on the world and we can invite other interesting... Look at we United Nations right here. I know. We are. I was going to say no, Canadian of color. Black. Well, wait, I, but Danny, you're... Okay, wait, do you say mixed oh, race? Oh, here you go. You're about, you're about to... <laughs> You about to do it, Sarah. Here you go. Tread lightly, sis. Tread lightly. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll just start with myself. White, white. Here we go. White, okay. super white present. Oh. Hispanic number in one, the middle. Number one thing that kills me is when white women slide in my DMs and ask me why I consider myself black. What? Let me just say. You have no idea. Well, I'm a, I knew the that. The largest percentage of your history is African-American. Like your mom is half and then your dad is full, right? Yes. Um, yeah. But because my mom passes. So That's listen, what? when I was Danielle from North Minneapolis, nobody cared that I considered myself black. Nobody. Nobody slid into my DMs and they were like, ooh, this girl from North Minneapolis considers herself black. When I became Danielle, who was on Hot 99.5, when I became Danielle, who was on TLC, all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, aren't you white too? And it's like, yeah, like that's a part of me. But if I'm walking down the street, do you think anyone's ever going to look at me and be like, that's a white woman? <laughs> okay, Rachel no. Dolezal, like, no. <laughs> like, what? Like, oh I am not God. a white woman. I wasn't raised as a white woman. I have... I have experienced so much as a black woman. That is who I am. Now, does that mean that I, I got a Celtic shamrock tattooed on my back? Like my grandma was 100% Irish. My grandma was also racist, okay? So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. So there's just like multiple layers, but I am a black woman. And I think like, I don't, black is black is black. Like if you, the one drop rule, back in the day, you had one drop of black and you, they considered you black. Now all of a sudden, when you get some accolades, they're like, but you have white too. No, don't you dare take away my blackness. All of this came from me being black and beautiful and I'm not letting nobody take it. So okay. I'm a black woman. Okay. Sprinkle white, with some other things black, in there. Mexican, now I got it. Now I know, now I know. Yeah, don't you dare slide into my DMs <laughs> asking me, why don't you consider yourself white? Uh, yeah. 
Melanin? I don't know shit. Oh my god. Danny, it is always a fucking treat. We love you so much. You just seem you stronger than ever. Way stronger than two months ago. Girl, you are on it. Yeah. Um, please cash up, Danny. If you can financially help, it's cash up Danny Star. We absolutely love you. I am Danny Star on Venmo. You can also purchase her book. It's at divorcing Danny on Instagram. Oh my god. Love, love, love you. This was awesome today. Thank you. I'm serious. We're gonna have our we're gonna do like a little race summit. We're gonna talk about all perspectives. Because AJ, you got big perspective too. Like we all have different things to provide each other with. And I think it'll be really cool. Like we should really brainstorm and talk about it because I want there to be a space. I legit want there to be a space where like white women feel safe to ask questions, even if the questions feel really stupid, because you're not going to get a polite answer from everybody. And a lot of people feel like it's not their job to teach, but And while I agree with that, because it's a lot of emotional work for black people and especially black women, I'd rather teach you than your ass be, I see you in the grocery store and you say some dumb ass shit to me. (laughs) Like, like, I would rather, rather have a, like, let's talk about it. Let's open this up so you can ask some questions that you maybe need to know. How do I do this? Or how do, like, one, there's Google, you could research, but also like, I would like to help. Like, I want there to be better allies for my daughters, if nothing else. That is agreed. Fucking amazing. Yes, that's great. And what an awesome platform that would be if people could come, like, if white women felt like they could come and ask things without being judged and vice versa. I'm sure black women have questions and Mexican women. Yeah. I mean, we could do, do a whole summit. Yeah, it'd be cool. I did not kiss your dogs on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's how right now. That is some nasty shit. Why white people let their animals lick their mouths and lick? Uh, do you all know that coronavirus? We still don't know if it came from a bat or a dog or wherever. Hello. I don't know, but. Mm-mm. Okay. Why, thank you. Yes. Why does your potato salad look? <laughs> now white people's potato salad. Wait, I'm, I'm like about white, white women's potato salad. What exactly is happening there? <laughs> I kind of like mine with now, raisins. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Danny, I know that is a that is an offense. What about green olives? <laughs> I do. You guys don't like mayonnaise. You actually put raisins in, in. You put raisins in your. I mean, I've had potato no. salad with raisins. With love, yeah. With well, yes, this makes sense for you. With love, don't you ever. Show up to a cookout. I'm gonna. For, for, we'll do a race with raisins. And raisins. You know, I always thought about doing this segment, Sarah So White, and then I show up to places like like that, like go to the cookout, <laughs> yeah. go to the cookout with the potato salad with raisins, and then just shoot like like a, a hidden camera of of everyone's reaction. Like how funny they'd be like, get the fuck. I would just out. be like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole spread of food would be eaten as Sarah's potato salad would just be sitting there untouched. <laughs> That's what happens in my family. Oh, oh my god! No, I I know better than to bring, but that would actually be a really funny skit. But anyway, but um, but no, I no, I I I don't. We really. have so much to learn from each other. Look we, at that. We do. Let's do it. Okay, that's going to be happening next month. We're doing. We're going to brainstorm and really lay it out and who some other guests can be and some other female voices and how people could yeah. submit questions. Maybe it's like a Zoom call or something. Like, that's what I thought. That's what I was really thinking. Like legit. Like I, yesterday, I was laying in bed and I was like, maybe I should just go on Instagram right now and be like, hey, does anybody want to learn? <laughs> like, so you guys got. Like, I'm should. here. Let's go. Let's earn. Like, like let's learn together because I'm really tired. No, of this. that's awesome of you because I do know. Like when I went through that whole race thing, there were a lot of black people that were like, you educate yourself i do not want to teach you like i'm tired i don't and and i mean i understood that it wasn't like you know and i am tired but i also feel like there are i feel like the racist white people that i have experienced don't 
discount the dope ass white people in my life. And if you're white and in my life, you're here for a reason. Cause trust and believe I cut a whole lot of white people out last year. <laughs> Last night, I was like, ooh, no. Bye. No. No, white woman. I need a woman who's white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Love you as always, Danny. You. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll, we'll be following you, of course, at Div- Divorcing Danny on IJ. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye, Bye. AJ. Bye.